Welcome to the Weekend Must Watch on Intercut, the weekly show going through the movies, TV, and entertainment that people just can't cut away from. This week in movies, we have a new Sony movie, which means we're going to get memed to death because that's what happens every single time there's a new uh, Sony movie that's out. There's also a new Bob Marley movie, so in case you haven't been up with what's been happening in music, this is still not really going to catch you up on everything, (laughs) but for the most part, it's going to get you some new stuff if you didn't know about the man. But we have one of the best movies that maybe should have been nominated by France if they were willing to actually nominate good movies in the taste of things. Uh, If you were late to the rom-com stuff, we got two rom-coms with players and five blind dates that played over on streaming. And then we have the biggest movie of the week, the reason why we're gathered here today. (laughs) And if there are any objections, please let me know. This is me, dot, 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 dot. Now, the movie that I know Zach is most anticipating to talk about here on the show. As always, I'm your co-host, Arturo Surita, and joining me to reboot the SSU, which I know Zach knows exactly what that means, it's Zachary Shevich. Yeah, I'm, I'm always in favor of, of reboots and reimaginings, so so whatever it is, I'm on board. Uh, yeah, How many I, names I don't have we got know... for Spider-Man? <laughs> I don't know which of this week's movies I'm, like, most or least excited to talk about. This is a weird week in new releases a little bit yeah and ho- hopefully it's about to get a lot better with some filmmakers we like uh oh, yes, coming yes, yes. back with some films really soon i was like who but could possibly meantime, be coming, who could possibly be coming in to fix all this mess all of these reboots <laughs> these different original projects that are coming out in january and february leave it to the big guns we got the cohen brothers coming back with or a cohen brother coming back with a, a movie. cohen brother we've got a Denny Villeneuve coming in with one of his movies. Um, but before we get then, we do have a slew of movies to co- talk about this week that, uh, again, vary from different things. But overall, how was your week in movies, Zach? Because I know we got a little bit of a cold front. You were more yeah. of a sports area of things this past week. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've been entertaining myself in ways that are, are not really sitting and watching movies. Uh, I did, I told you about, I did all the cooking for my Oscars feast video this week. I got some uh, videos and photos that will hopefully be up soon for that, but that was several days in the kitchen, which I don't know. I, it can be fun, but it is also a little bit exhausting and hard to pay that attention to movies. Bear. Yeah. He's yelling corner to, him, to himself. Corner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a, a little hard to like run my kitchen and also pay attention to uh, foreign films. But you know, we, we, I found some gaps, so we got to see some stuff. I also, uh, I told you I went to that outdoor hockey game in New Jersey, mm-hmm. which was very cold. It's been cold here too. I don't know. If Out that, of nowhere, dude. Yeah, for I'm both excited here and in Chicago. Yes, it, when you came over to Chicago, it was pretty bad. Wood was cracking. <laughs> yeah, there were bottles just being created in front of us. And that weather, like, especially we both are dog owners. We got to take our dogs yeah. outside sometimes. That could just be really exhausting. Sometimes it's hard to find that extra energy to see it, stuff it outside dry. of seeing Madam Web. And especially after you go out to see Madam Web, you start questioning the line of work that you're in. But let's begin Why not? With the one and only Madam Web, the newest movie to come out of Sony, which, again, is a part of the SSU, not to be confused with. Like, I don't know. They're going to change it by the next one. Uh, When Sony started this, obviously, it was the old Spider-Man in Andrew or not Andrew Garfield in our Tobey Maguire. Right. That's what started it all. There wasn't really all these big franchises. You kind of had Spider-Man going. You had the X-Men going. Then they rebooted it with Andrew Garfield. They didn't even tell Andrew Garfield he was gone. Then they got Tom Holland because they got that deal with the MCU. We're not going to get into all the deals with the MCU, but I'm sure, Zach, as someone who's not the biggest of comic book fans, you kind of get that they're sharing it, right? I don't know if there's anything else that a non-comic book fan 
needs to know about that whole ordeal? No, I mean, it's basically like they're doing everything they can to exploit the the vast Spider-Man universe of characters and offshoots and stuff because that's all they have access to. But in Sony's favor, it happens to be probably the most famous or iconic of these superhero characters, right? at least when it comes to big screen adaptations. You know, uh, obviously DC's got their Superman and Bat- Batman, but like Spider-Man is, is our most reliable superhero film franchise right now and Easily. I, I I see the the business decisions behind wanting to see all you can get out of it. And especially <sighs> when a film like Venom hits, I see leaning further into that. I I get where the decision to make a movie like this comes from. Uh that's about all I get about Madam Web. Bro, I don't get half the stuff they do here. If they were like Madam Web with every possible scenario on how to play <laughs> something, they somehow choose the worst every single time. Every single like, time. Like, you're right. Spider-Man is the biggest of heroes. When Marvel mm-hmm. was at its peak, what happened in Civil War? Who did they bring in and everybody paid attention to, right? When Infinity War happened, right before Endgame, who was the biggest death that died in, like, the biggest superhero arms? It's Spider-Man. They just won not too long ago and are up this year for an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature mm-hmm. with a Spider-Man. What the heck is a Madam Web? I have never seen a studio struggle so much in wanting to, like, honestly just whore out Spider-Man, but they can't even say his name in the movie. Right. What type of movie baits fans to come in and goes, this is Peter Parker's mom, but she can't say Peter Parker. <laughs> what goofiness are we working with here? I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I did not like Morbius. As you know, I I reviewed Morbius so bad, Sony has not allowed LME to go back to any Sony screenings in general, not even at festivals, right? We did not get an invite to Madam Web. But damn, I don't like Morbius, and I would keep that review the exact same way. I I had such a blast in Madam Web because I truly think it's so bad it's good, dude. I don't know how you felt about it, if you felt uh, agony like a a lot of other people did. But she is in a weird movie. These Mm -hmm. girls think that they're in the MCU. They got my boy Raheem, who is an incredible actor, man. Mm -hmm. I know you've seen some of his movies because people have been downplaying this man because they ADR'd him to death. Yeah. He is a classically trained actor, bro. He was in Napoleon. He is in one of my favorite movies, A Prophet. I think yeah. this is a legendary Shout out to a movie. Prophet. People think he can't act because every single line that he says, he's dubbing over, bro. It's like he recorded it for his language in French. <laughs> yeah. It, and came in and dubbed it. It's crazy. Atrocity. But uh-huh. it's so bad, it's good. I'm glad you had fun with it. Uh, maybe no. <laughs> if I subjected myself to the depths of Morbius, I would also come Wait, through. You never the saw other Morbius? Side. I skipped it entirely. I could not put oh, myself through Jared Let Vampire Jared. That's Leto. how you know when you have great coffee when you've tasted the worst of the beans. <laughs> then you know when to truly. <laughs> well, so now I feel like I've see- tasted the worst of the beans because, like, I just don't know what we are doing here. I, I don't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. It is so half-hearted, so halfway in. um, And that's like everything from the way it's written with the like blatant, uh, really lazy uh, exposition moments, the way it's acted where Dakota Johnson never really feels like any sort of urgency in her dialogue. She's saying the accents are in the wrong place. Like it should be (laughs) like, what are you doing? But it's yeah. on, what are you doing? What do you, what do you, what, why is it on the last word? It, it's like, it feels so just like, 
I guess we're making a movie now. It, right? There's no, I, it doesn't feel like anybody had like any real interest in trying to make a good version of it. Just a version of it. They just wanted to get to the finish line of this movie. And I'm like, I was so sort of struck existentially by like the idea of how bad this movie could be the idea of how it seems like inevitable that we're just going to continue getting these like, uh, you know, little slivers of IP exploitation in the means of like expanding this greater spider verse. I, I did something I don't do often. I bought a ticket to a different movie to not, Stop, in order to not bro. see this one. Would you buy it to? <laughs> uh, I mean, I I, I helped boost the Bob Marley One Love okay, box that's office better. this weekend. Then that explains instead. why it came at number one. I was about to <laughs> right? say, you go in there and you're giving it to like Aquaman 2. Yeah. And I, I just I just did not want to be somebody who paid for Madam Web this weekend. Um, I don't think it matters, bro. These guys are never going to get smart with it. Um, I don't think so either. Did you see the director? The director has worked on a lot of TV. And I saw a lot of people were surprised to find out that she had directed one of the better episodes of Succession, which was really yeah. one of the only things in uh, her big breakdown that stood out to me, right? Yeah, it's top the five one, episode for me. I know you love it. It's the one where they take uh, your boy um, to the bachelor party. Yeah, yeah. Pro they call it, The episode's called Prague uh, with the underground party. It's so funny. You would think that someone who directed that would have more self-awareness than what's happening here, which yeah. is why I have to say it's some sort of studio meddling, bro. I don't know if you've mm. heard the theories to this, and, and this is going to be slight spoilers, but mm. I know nobody really cares, right? There yeah. are elements to this movie that are just bad filmmaking. Forget the fan service. There are moments in here where girls get kidnapped. And an hour after getting kidnapped, there are people reading about it in a newspaper. Now, Zach, <laughs> you've been around in 03. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Newspapers didn't work that way. Like, there's no. just fundamental things that have nothing to do with comics yeah. that are just not being done here properly. Then you have the comic stuff, and it is just, like, dumb to a degree that it makes you wonder how can a character who can see the future acknowledge that her friends around her are going to have a really bad future and she's not going to do anything about it? She's almost, like, making jokes on it. And this is where I wonder how much of this was supposed to be a different story. Do you get a competent director and you get a, a an actress who ha came in to do something and then it ends up being a completely different project after it all failed? There was rumors that this is supposed to be their connection to one of the Spider-Mans, right? It mm -hmm. could be Toby, it could be Andrew, it could be whatever else. I'm of the belief that it was supposed to be Tom Holland because of the year. If he's a right. baby, he's exactly the age he needs to be the, for the MCU. The lineage sort of lines up there. Right? They show you yeah. every single character, his parents. Have we seen them in the MCU? No, have we seen mm -hmm. the uncle? No, except what's the one person we've seen? The aunt. And it's mm -hmm. the one character they go, I'm dating somebody, but I can't say her name. <laughs> Bro, this is so corny. I, yeah. I don't get it, um, but I would recommend when this comes out, like Zach said, rent a different movie and somehow get this one out of the red box. <laughs> you will have a blast mm -hmm. <laughs> with friends drinking. Just just play a bingo game. I'm sure a bingo card will come out on this. Um, I thought it was uh, such a bad movie that I had a great time with it and I would recommend it as a beautiful stream it for those who are curious about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny because I've been seeing, uh, a lot of empty, like looking at the AMC a list app and you sometimes can see how many seats are occupied. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of screenings that were completely open on Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday when I, uh, when I went, uh, they was, a lot more competition for seats. It feels like it's almost building into something that's becoming more of a like you have to see it because people think it's so funny and bad than people rushing out opening weekend because it didn't 
it didn't end up taking the number one spot at the box office this weekend to my surprise. Yeah. yeah. That that's crazy to me, and it makes me compare it to like you were saying. You haven't seen Morbius, but I think you should do your homework and do so because I want you to see the difference between the two. I think that when people memed Morbius, it was just dunking on it because it was bad. There was nothing good on right. it. When Sony tried to make it into a meme and re-released it, what happened? The worst re-release <laughs> in history. Mm-hmm. You're right. This may be the one that people are actually returning. I think because they like her more. I don't think people are as annoyed with her as a lead actress as they are with Jared Leto during that period in time. Mm-hmm. I think this actually has funnier scenes that are just like so dumb. Um, so I'm curious how, how they play that. Uh, yeah. If it does I have also legs think, throughout the week. I also think she has an audience of fans who kind there of are into that type of reaction, right? Like, I don't think that there's a bunch of people who want to meme Jared Leto and like that make that their identity. But mm-hmm. there are people who like live and breathe for Dakota Johnson's awkward press reactions. And you can get a lot of that energy from this movie. They, it, she has a bunch of lines in there, right? Where it's like, she's just yeah. setting it up for the in and out. So, uh, look, I don't think it's the worst. I, I know Zach is not happy with Sony or whatever the next one's going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather see Argyle Raven, again. So you're, whoa, don't. Yeah, I had a better time at Argyle. Stop, that's because that you got a shirt out of Argyle. If you, came, <laughs> if you came out with a Madam Webb shirt, maybe, maybe it'd maybe. be a little bit higher for you. So maybe. you're not excited for Kraken? Um, Kraken, uh, sorry, Kraken, Craven. Cra- um, Craven, I don't even know it. Yeah. I guess I'm not even excited. <laughs> right? Um, Craven, I, I feel like that at least seems a little bit more... <sighs> A little bit more like they're genuinely doing the movie. It, it doesn't seem as so. half-hearted, as, as like embarrassed by its own existence as this one does. But maybe I'm going to be wrong. I mean, I haven't enjoyed really any of these uh, Sony riffs on Spider-Man. I, I'm not a fan of the Venom movies either. I like the Venom movies a little bit more yeah. than what they've been doing with all this garbage. I but, mean, uh, better than this, for sure. But yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, I'm You're not... Also- I'm, I'm definitely not excited for Craven, but I'm not mm-hmm. dreading it the way that I think I was kind of dreading this one. Your thoughts on what they're going to be doing with Spider-Man if that deal with Disney ends up going kaput. Will they be able to handle Spider-Man on their own? It's like you have to call, call child services. You're calling <laughs> character services on this company who doesn't know what to right. do with their character. Yeah, I mean, I I think the thing is that like enough people care about the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man at this point that it doesn't necessarily need that interconnectedness with the greater MCU stuff. Agreed. It just might feel strange and different, but you know, I, they haven't shown a real like patience at finding the right match of like filmmaker to IP. And that's the thing that would, I, I think, worry yes. me the most about what they do with the future of Spider-Man. That, that's a great point. Uh, shout out our boy Chase. He had made a great video about Star Wars that had that exact same outlook, which was you, they're not hiring people to make real movies to get a Dark Knight mm-hmm. trilogy, to get the Dune movies that we we're seeing, big IP stuff. They're not even giving you what Marvel used to at the beginning, right, which was a Raimi trilogy until it got sour. What was supposed to be mm-hmm. the first Iron Man with an actual vision from, uh, what's our boy, Swingers? Uh, John Favreau. Before, before Favreau became, you know, Disney's yeah. Favreau. But nonetheless, I, I agree with you. Having an actual voice behind it would make it a lot better. And I just, I'm worried that they're not, they're just not going to do that. Um, I don't think Spider-Man's going to go back to Disney. You heard uh, Feige's war. He's worn thin. No, I feel I, like we're getting less Marvel movies, but he's just admitting my boy, Jimmy, Jimmy Gunn left and he was really doing all the work. <laughs> he's letting the stress show oh, and maybe it's getting man. to him. 
please add your prayers for Spider-Man tonight at uh, Baby Peter Parker. Hopefully he has a future because right now it's not looking the strongest. But Madam Web is out in theaters at the number two spot. So if you were curious... Catch it on a catch it right now on a five dollar Tuesday because I think that's the better time to catch it or just wait till it's where it's Sony. It won't even be on Disney Plus. It'll they, do Netflix? they still have a Netflix deal? I feel like they I do. Heard, I heard surprise news that Sony was not going to be producing all of the physical discs for Disney. Oh, so maybe maybe Madam Web was the sacrifice we needed to get physical media back. So thank you, Madam Web. I knew you were going to see all visions, and we appreciate you for that. Moving on to the movie that did beat Madam Web. Who would have thought that a an actual cinematic superhero movie would get beat by the one and only Bob Marley? Uh, this yeah. is the new movie that is produced, produced, produced by his son through and through. His his son has been parading this all over the place from the Grammys. I don't know when you saw it, but when I saw it, he came out at the beginning. And he said he was there every day on set. Yeah, I've got the whole. Uh, that's the thing, you know. You normally get the intro from the director or the lead actor, right? and nope, they got a, a welcome to the movies from Ziggy Marley, which himself. Yeah, uh, it, it takes the whole like family-approved biopic to a whole new level. Almost to a level where they unashamedly are like, we are going to do scenes where this isn't even for y'all. Like, that's my dad staring at yeah. after me. Um, look, I, I thought it was a, a decent biopic. This is one mm-hmm. of those where I think you're really getting a slice of life. You don't get to see how he started up. You get some inklings of it in flashbacks. But it's really this moment in time where he's going through the thick of it. Right when he's about to rise to fame. But also when his country is like at the brink of a civil war because of uh, the split that they've been doing from the UK. Yeah. I thought the performances were strong. Uh, I thought the way that they allowed you to vibe with the music was good because there would be these tense scenes and then they'll be like, we're going to do a jam session. They do the jam session. When they perform a concert, they perform the concert. Mm -hmm. I think it's worthy of its Dolby price if you're going in there for the music. I think it's worthy of the acting performances. Part of me still feels, though, like this is a really great movie length episode of his story. And I kind of wanted more. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I just wanted a little bit more. Yeah, I, I feel somewhat similarly to you because as far as music biopics go, uh, it's obviously a very tired genre, but this movie does some things that I think we normally like. It doesn't try to do the whole like uh, birth to death, you know, cradle to grave kind of style biopic where you only get like flash glimpses of these moments in an interesting person's life. And instead, as you mentioned, it's just focusing on the time basically shortly before he leaves Jamaica and uh, for the UK until yep. he finally returns to Jamaica amidst all that civil unrest and performs those peace concerts. So like giving you kind of that, that hyper focused look at a section of his life allows you to dive deeper into certain ideas and certain moments and how songs were developed. And it, it provides an opportunity to, you know, actually get a deeper understanding of Bob Marley. I just don't know if I really got that from this film it i don't know if i i took away as much as i would have liked to and i'm not sure where exactly it lies because you know as as we've mentioned in the past this film comes directed by a filmmaker we like in ronaldo marcus green who makes uh makes some good movies some okay movies but some really good movies Mm -hmm. and uh also has this pretty solid uh, at bordering on incredible lead performance from Sir. Kingsley Benadir, where he's doing some of his own singing, some of his own guitar playing and stuff, just really does a great job of embodying the character. Ultimately, I wonder if it is just the script not 
having enough um, movement in its character, right? I feel like the characters are all sort of stuck in a place for a majority mm-hmm. of this movie. Um, and, and there's not as much like room to, to see different sides of them. And, and it left me wanting, wanting a deeper understanding. And maybe it is because it is such a small slice of the life that yeah. we don't get it. But, you know, it, I don't know. It, it did come up a little bit short for me. Because I'm trying to wonder, like, what would I add to it? And I'm like, right. ah, at this point, I'm making it a three-hour movie. I'm making it a miniseries at that point. So I go back to my age-old rule of that. I, I think it was a smart approach that he did because it feels like you're hanging out with him. And it does feel, with his performance, like you got to see him backstage for a little bit. Yeah. But it does not feel like what that biopic inside his life is supposed to be where you understand something. There will be moments where, again, really great performance. Mm-hmm. But he'll snap. And you'll be like, mm-hmm. what did that? We've been here for like an hour and change, right? Right. Yeah. There'll be a moment where you're like, okay, I can tell we've seen enough. There's infidelity. But like we didn't fully see it. We just saw an actress who looked familiar and it's like, you're too big to be here. Oh, I guess that's what you're supposed to represent. And I wanted those pockets to be explored more. Yeah. And again, the movie does choose when to pause. You could have maybe filled it more if you cut out one of the songs to be half the length. But I didn't want it to be because right. that's where he excelled the most. I'm going to go through the supporting cast and then really shout him out. Um, starting with some of the, the, the smaller ones over here, you had... <laughs> Did you get the surprise one? Michael Gandolfini? It, bro, it took me a minute. I'm like, yeah. this, who is this man? Who is this man speaking in this room? It feels like a therapy session. And re- <laughs> they got Gandolfini Jr. over here as like a studio exec who was like pushing against uh, what the artwork should be. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a great job. Uh, I like nice seeing him. I like seeing a new side of him. It was different than Licorice Pizza, which which I enjoyed. Um, but going through some of the other ones, uh, he had, has a lot of people around him. And one of the guys who I recognized immediately is this dude, Tosin Cole. British actor, deep British accent. Yet I said in House Party, which isn't a great movie, I thought his American accent was good, but he can't freestyle outside of it. Same thing here. An incredible accent. You never see him freestyling outside of it. And that's why our lead is so good. There are moments where it doesn't feel like he's going on script, but they'll be like rehearsing and he'll like mess up. And I'm like, did he mess up? But he messed up in character as Bob Marley. And it gives you that truth. It allows you to be able to get this scene where the actor has fully embodied the character. And with accent work, with a biopic especially, that's sometimes the hardest thing to do. But that's where I'm like, I'm willing to throw away all those extra scenes that I want to get to know him deeper because that's almost when you get to know him the truest. He does this dance that they intercut later on to the real Bob Marley. And it's just that freaking joy that this artist had that I think has resonated to today and why it ended up being number one at the box office. I really like how they captured the music and I, I can't complain about that. Um, Lashana Lynch, dude. Woo! Also another really solid performance. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna keep it a buck, bro. I know that a lot of people are not going to understand the accents that are happening here and y'all going to need captions. But even if you don't understand a word, you can feel everything this woman says, dude. Mm -hmm. What an incredible performance. Another person who has just weaved in accent work through all these movies that you see here. Uh, And there's one specific scene, that that Paris scene between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, on the street. And that's where I wanted more, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like it's everything, but it's just like you two were just giving it all, and I could see more of you two embodying these two people's lives because she wasn't just someone who wrote with him. She toured with him. And that intro beginning that you get with her from the car, Mm -hmm. 
Alina took out her phone. She searched it up immediately when they said on the on the radio or the doctor had said something. We had to search up that fact about her. It was it's an insane stat to know. There's some things that I did not know about him, especially how his story went that I found to be interesting. So I do think that at the end of it, while it isn't the grand biopic, it is definitely a part of uh the media that has covered this man that, that that will continue to add to his legacy. So I still think it's worth catching in theaters, especially at that Adobe uh, setting, if you can, for the music, mm-hmm. even if it is more of a junior price. I wanted to go full combo, but I'm going to go more of a matinee for this. But Bob Marley, one, one, one love, still a thumbs up for me. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going three stars on it because it's I, I think it's good enough to see. Um, Give him the half. I, I don't, I don't Give know, man. Give him the half his performance. I, maybe, maybe. Hey, I got but you I, one. When they would record... And they all had those cannolis. Like, they did not have joints, bro. They had cannolis <laughs> that were, like, shipped in. And that like, 10 minutes. That's hey, man, all they're doing is just chilling and vibing. I, I dug a, the peace pipe. I, I definitely dug the peace pipe for sure. But, they were chilling, um, bro. I liked it. You, as great as a lot of those performances were, they sometimes it was a little on the nose in terms of song selection. You know, he gets into a fight with uh, with Lashana Lynch, and it's no woman, no cry. It's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna come up with a new sound, and it's we're, we're jamming. You know, we're jamming in the studio, and uh, I don't know. All right, Zach left here, so I hope he gets to hear this one when he comes back. But but Zach reminded me of a really bad one. There's a point early on in the movie. Uh, I think he's coming back in over here, Zach. You had mentioned the ones you were going through. I got I got another I was one for too you hard right on here. That. Yeah, I, I hate that you're making me agree with you. Uh, you're not coming in yet. But all right, I got you. I got you. There was one early on when his kids worry. <laughs> yeah, no no worry, no cry, hey, don't right? Worry yeah. About a thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't worry about things. Oh, hey, I didn't say it was five stars, right? But I think I right. said it at a three and a half. Yeah. Um a decent little movie that's out there. Hey, I'm excited to see what Kingsley has next. It's like he's there, but I still want him to do more. He he has a Marvel series. He's, he's one of those lead here. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys who's like Lashana Lynch is honestly a little bit like this too. They're both like on the verge. 007. Yes. At, a, at some point, they will get the role that makes them household names. But they've like they've put in the the reps right. Like yes, they've uh, built the like, muscle. Yeah, they're like fully trained actors. They're the best that we have right now. Uh, that's why I like seeing him in this movie. Shout out Ronaldo, who you had mentioned earlier. Uh, I know he's done some some big ones, but We Own the City, Monsters and Men, those two alone are the reason why I'm always going to support whatever this man's doing in theaters. So mm-hmm. Bob Marley, were one you, love, let us Were you surprised at all by the performance of the film, its box office and, and beating out Madam Web? Against Madam Web, kind of, bro. It's MCU. Yeah. Or it's, a, it's still Marvel. It is, but honestly... Can you zoom in on that? Yeah, so... I wonder if it's as simple as more people know who oh, Bob Marley cleared. is than Madam Web. Yeah, it made almost double what Madam Web made over the weekend, at least domestically. Bro, I can't be mad at that. Yeah. I can't be mad at that. Okay, good for but it. But Bob Marley's also like a international superstar. He's he's on, you know, that's more they, college dorm room walls bro, than, than almost anybody. Were, and that's what the movie's boasting. And look at that. That's a victory lap right there, what the movie was saying. So honestly, yeah. that makes the movie a little better. Zach, give it that extra half. <laughs> fine, fine. I haven't logged in on Letterboxd yet. That's pretty crazy, though. Double? Hey, shout yeah. out for that. So that's Madam Web. That's Bob Marley, One Love. We move on to a movie that I actually would recommend highly, highly, highly. So much so that I agree with Zach, who had told me, hey, France isn't picking this. Or France picked this over the movie Everybody Loves. A movie called Anatomy of a Fall. That got how many Oscar nominations, even though it was against it? Five? Something like that. Zach has been adamant. He's been saying, yo, France, France went a different way. 
But while everyone's rooting for this other movie, I think The Taste of Things may be the movie that people need to pay attention to. And look, I liked that other movie a little bit more than Zack, which was Anatomy of a Fall, a thriller where you're trying to wonder, is this woman guilty? Is she not guilty? It got a lot of Oscar nominations, so that's definitely people telling you that they see a lot in it. How can a cooking movie surpass that, Zach? No, I'm asking you, how did a cooking movie surpass that, Zach? The Taste of Things is the best movie out in theaters right now. It is such a delight. It is so beautiful, so lovely. Just like, you know, the, the original title of this in French was Pot au Feu, which is French for beef stew. This is a beef stew-ass movie. It feels like taking like a nice big spoon of warm soup where it like come, goes down your esophagus and warms your whole chest. I, I loved this movie. It's a full course meal. There's yeah. a, a section in here when someone goes to try a meal of another person who's very high class. Mm-hmm. He's just disgusted at the menu. Before <laughs> even trying it, he goes, all of this clash. It's like he's trying a flight of beers and he's starting with the dark ones before the light ones. You don't do it that way, right? Beer before mm-hmm. liquor, never sicker. <laughs> this is paced so beautifully. And you know you and I are, are people who really like these metaphors to food, right? Mm-hmm. What you're consuming with your eyes is almost as... Simple as what you're consuming. You are what you eat. You are what you see almost, right? Mm-hmm. The way this movie is paced is like that that full course meal. It knows exactly when to give you a spicy moment, more of a sensual moment, mm-hmm. more of a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. There are cuts in this movie. I guess let me, let me bring it back for those of you who may not know. This is France's submission. They chose not to do Anatomy of a Fall, which is I, – I like it. I think I like it more than Zach. I am not yeah. bashing that movie. No, And there, Anatomy of a Fall is good. I just it's, ultimately – It's really good. I, this is the movie that stuck with me far more than Anatomy of a Fall has. Uh, this was my Valentine's Day watch this year. A fantastic Valentine's Day watch. Right? This is a – I think I saw it on Valentine's Day too. This there we was go. beautiful. This is a movie about um, – uh, I want to say a master chef, really the a, yeah. a really rich guy. He's more than just like the, a chef. The Napoleon of gastronomy, they call it. Damn him. near, right? And he is creating all of these different foods and, and uh, menus. And he specifically has a partner who's been his co-chef for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is really the movie. You are seeing them prepare dishes. You are seeing them try other people's dishes. And you are seeing them maybe or maybe not become a pair mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. I tried telling the good gospel of Juliette Binoche to Alina because she, <laughs> she didn't know. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know those French movies that we watch at, at film festivals where you're like, wow, Leia Sadu is a really good actor. I like hanging out with her. This, that woman right there. Yeah. <laughs> she wants the, the Leia can soar in Dune, right? <laughs> I'm like, bro, she, she, there were lines that this woman was saying. There was moments that this woman was was doing things without even saying anything. She whipped up mm-hmm. this cream, just a lick of the cream. Alina was like, she just flexed so hard right there. Did you see the consistency of the cream? What movie makes you look up and go, in real time, they just whipped that correctly? Mm-hmm. Baked Alaskas. Everything up on screen. The vegan yeah. person who reviewed this on Letterboxd just made me more excited. Right. All you were doing was just naming the Wetting cast. Wetting my appetite. It is great. It, it, yeah. it, it's patient. It's peaceful. But then it knocks you with these transitions. There is mm-hmm. a transition dealing with a menu mm. that cuts to a shot of a character. Mm-hmm. That is top three transitions of the year. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, it, it is impeccable. I rewatched it immediately to see great. the setup to that scene. I'm like, it is a movie even worth rewatching for those subtle moments when you really see how these characters cared for each other. 
I love it, bro. I, there's so much in this movie that I feel isn't a spoiler to tell you mm -hmm. about the young apprentice that they have who they tell you Amazing. cannot be the best of the best until you eat a food that makes you cry. And Zach, I want to talk about <laughs> I want to talk about that character and what happens oh. in the second half for her. There is there's so much beauty. There's so much love in this. And it, it truly is. You can maybe never cook in your life, but whatever mm -hmm. craft you do, you will right. admire the way they approach it here. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people describe this as an action movie, which I think is because the okay. there's so much like intricate intricate camera work, and they're able yes. to to capture all of this movement with like such perfect timing, and it's it's really beautifully assembled. But to me, it's not so much an action movie as it is like a process movie, right? You are you are seeing the meticulous detail that goes into. Yes, sir. All this like fine preparation of this high class cuisine. It's it's you know it, it's got similar moments to uh, the things the the sequences that we love in the bear where there's the food preparation, but it goes so much further and beyond it because it's kind of like this it, it, you know these like extremely opulent. Uh, extravagant dishes. Also, this is a period piece that takes place, I believe, in the That's late true. 19th century. So, like, you're seeing these sort of, like, uh, older techniques and these more primitive technologies and primitive kitchens and how more labor-intensive a lot of this uh, was. But it's in that labor you also see the you know, the, the excellence and, and the mastery and just how in tune all of these people are, not just in the kitchen, but in the way that uh, this is all captured on film. And it, it's just creates this like really captivating, hypnotizing kind of beauty that you, I think you can't help but be won over. It's, it's really yeah. like the, the, the amazing smell emanating from the kitchen that just like lures you to the next meal. It, it just pulls you in and then is so delicious and savory. Um, yeah. I, I love this movie so, so much. I, I, I only grew in my estimation on the rewatch. Uh, I can see that for sure. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, Juliette Binoche. I, I do also want to shout out uh, Benoit Magimel, who uh, plays uh, Dodin in the film. Do you know that they were a married couple? They have a daughter together, but they've been separated for about 20 years. Bro, I need you to tell me this because Piano Teacher is my watch list movie for sure, for sure. I yeah. know people could yell at me. They're both in it. Then I'm looking at this man, and just as an aside, I had to search up what he looked like before to what he looked like <laughs> then. It's a period piece. I'm just saying. But the man is really good, bro. Tell me more about yeah. this. That he is in Passive Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, tell me more. Another legendary French actor. They were married. So, And I think, like, you know, it's one of those things that, like, it's not necessarily part of the story, but I think it adds so Stop, much. Bro. because they're no, you're adding a lot there knowing what they do. Yeah, because there is this smoke, like dude. this deep kind of like almost subconscious love that these characters have for but, each but other. But they're putting their craft first, yes. and they want the craft to be the first thing that's focused on, even though they are doing their craft together. Hey, yo, what? Yeah, it, it kind of like explodes the movie Whoa. a little bit and, and makes it even that much more uh, amazing. I, nah, I don't you know, man. Spoil some stuff here. I'm gonna say there's there's that line at the beginning where they tell her, "Why don't you join us?" And she's like, "I am joining you." The hours I spend in the kitchen, I'm speaking through you through, through the food. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say, Zach, think of the ending. It's, I'm I mean, just gonna some... say, Zach, now that you're <laughs> telling me that they're real actors, how much of that is in this work? Yeah. I may not talk to you right now, but I'm filming this movie. You will see me live on forever in this product. 
it, it's, dude, I was comparing the difference yeah. between the craft of food and movies. Mm-hmm. You and I love this, obviously, and we put so much attention to video because it will live on forever. But to put that much, you just did how many meals for your Oscar prep? To put Oof. the same amount of effort but for something that won't live on, maybe as mm-hmm. a picture, but you eat it and it's done. It's like making a movie that will yeah. be consumed for one person and that's it. The, the love and labor that goes into this craft. Yeah, this incredible. really ethereal experience that that it's it, it's so like the ephemeral is there and it's gone right like it's it's there's so much uh, poetry in that too yes. uh um yeah i mean fantastic fantastic incredible movie as you mentioned just incredible incredible lines in this film like i don't know if it's just like the the di- lines are spoken that clearly or they have like an incredible translator but there's so many pieces of dialogue that i are burned in my brain i love yeah. um uh, marriage is, marriage is a meal where dessert is served before dinner. <laughs> Bruh, that one was fantastic. That one was really good. Let me see if I can pull up another one over here. Uh, but I'll go off of some of the shots like you were saying. It's like you're they're filming an episode of Overcooked, which mm-hmm. is why when they were saying it's like an action movie, it's like, well, yeah, they've prepped it. I get Ma- Maestro. He trained so much to do it, right? But there really is a craft in stuff like this where – uh, we had seen a movie at Sundance where he painted and he said he studied the director who was a painter. And I'm like, okay, because mm-hmm. someone's going to judge that stroke. Someone's going to judge the whipping. Someone's going to judge how you're pouring things. And I'm like, ah, that's like so much effort to capture perfectly so that it looks the way it does right there cinematically for this movie. Yeah. What's that three hour um, Michelin star one? Oh, uh, the Wiseman movie. It's like menu a plater. I wish I spoke French so I could, right? I could pr- properly that's pronounce them capturing- it. But- actual people but like yeah, this is like you were saying like the bear where you have to yeah. yeah you have to train to look authentic but then also a little bit more like an actor like you have to get it down right and you're seeing the meals prepared in front of you <sighs> yeah i can't wait to run it back i, I want to i should have seen this on the big screen it's one of those where you're lucky enough to get yeah. a screener to to review it but like i would have mm-hmm. seen this on the on the big screen and i highly recommend it big combo price yeah, for me that is that is a thing that like uh because we got we got a screener but i was lucky enough to have a chance to see it on the big screen Please try to, if you can, if it's playing in your city, because I think the, the there is so much beauty in how these images are assembled, and particularly like all of the food prep is so like intricate, and just to get to see it big, not have to like squint to focus on the details, I, I think is massive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, it was... and Depeche to live stream, great advice for all of us. Just eat beforehand. I beg you. Yeah, you do not want to go into that movie with an em- empty stomach. It will be a tough two and a half hours. Go to a theater that's got a restaurant next door or down below so that it rises up to you. That's what you need. <laughs> right. right Although that's the thing I... is that mo- most of these theaters that serve food, it's like chicken fingers or something. And I, I don't know if I could. Say, Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying go to a theater that's got a good restaurant outside, maybe down below. There you go. Perfect, something like that. Perfect. Hey, you know what? Just sneak it in yourself, right? Yeah. Just go in there, especially if you're somewhere else. But uh, <laughs> that's no, what fantastic movie. Really good. Uh, check it out if you have the chance to taste of things. It is playing out in theaters right now. Devesh had also mentioned that uh, technically Io Capitano, another one we're sitting on a link for, mm-hmm. did snatch its spot for international category. I, I keep forgetting what were the five that got nominated, but yeah. what a travesty. I mean, this is clearly one of the best international films of the year, right? Clearly. And then this being France's pick and not the other one, and the other one gets everything, and this couldn't get the one thing it I don't. I for. don't understand it. I mean, I, I think Anatomy of Fall is really good. I'm not trying to disparage that film. I, yeah. just, I think this is something that's pretty special. 
test of things. It's a, it's a very good movie, so keep this one on your radar uh, for the future. When you get a chance to watch it, it is very, very good. We move on with a double feature of uh, rom-coms that we have here. I think you got the chance to see the first one because it was the bigger I of did. the two. Over on Netflix, it is called <laughs> Players. Yeah, it's this. it did this thing where I don't think we even mentioned players in our coming attractions last week on Weekend Must Watch, mm -hmm. but sometimes Netflix will just drop a movie and it'll end up in the top 10 and it's like, oh shit, we gotta rearrange our schedules and find time to watch this one. You know, I had it on there. I just didn't care, bro. I swear this movie <laughs> came out last year with her and it came out the yeah. year before with her and it came out Maybe the year before that. with her. My Maybe favorite just, version I didn't of hers care. is the fact that she already did it better in the Netflix version that was called... Damn, they even got it way below. Dear Lord. Well, by the time I find it... Oh, it's that third one there. Oh, it's the third one. There you go. It's higher Someone great. as it should be. I like Someone Great. I do too. All of the rest have been derivative from that. That's how I feel. I don't even mean it as a diss. It's just you did the one that already has great in the title and everything else has just been a follow-up. Like I'm not even like a lot of these are just Netflix throwaways. Mm -hmm. They really are. Mess Bala went to theaters. Then they try to revive it. No, still couldn't find the girl in that. Awake, <laughs> that came out on Netflix, did not like that. She tried to revive Spy Kids. I, I wanted to move on maybe from Netflix. <laughs> so that's probably my stance for this. I didn't think this was bad. And that's the biggest thing of them all. Like I don't think it's a terrible rom-com. Mm-hmm. It's just very by the numbers for a movie that's trying to say that they're not by the numbers. They're doing the whole press tour going, oh, we kind of did a spin on the rom-com. I'm like, baby, everyone's doing a spin on the rom-com. Yeah. And yours being a wingman is not really different. Let me guess. One of you is going to get a play back on them. <laughs> like, it's so obvious. Yeah. And it's but it's like, a decent cast. Yeah. I mean, look, it's that's the thing. It's got a pretty decent cast of charming actors. I, I like Gina Rodriguez in this mode, but it is, as you mentioned, just like – it, it feels very much like a lot of stuff she's done before. Uh, it, to me, it's this lands somewhere in the median place between um, like a movie like Hitch and that sitcom oh. uh, Happy Endings. Maybe it's the Marlon Wayne or sorry the the Damon Wayne's Junior of it all. But um, you know, it's got some similarities to Hitch in that Hitch is a movie about this guy who does sort of like uh, sets people up and tries to sort of. A trick people into dates for his clients and this is a film where the characters run these plays as they call them to sort of manipulate people into relationships or situationships or whatever it is but you know ultimately that's they try to emphasize this aspect of the story and then it just is not a huge part of it like with Hitch that part of the story is a huge part of the the third act of that film and that character's Character, downfall everything, yeah, yeah that's this a good is movie. just sort of like a cute <laughs> little thing they do while they like have very boring normal kind of romantic comedy interactions and it just doesn't it just doesn't feel as like put together as cohesive as nah as much of like a, a fluid idea and it's more just like here's some things we can try and maybe there'll be spurts of humor i, I like that this film has these moments of like it, like extremely casual sexually vulgar jokes like they talk about they did have that i will give it that like the slip and slide moment was like that's kind of funny but like yeah it's it's you know, a line of dialogue here and there is not enough to sell you on a whole romantic comedy and it feels like that's the afterthought that these actors are able to bring with it because right. someone who's making those jokes that are that vulgar, there's no way you stayed that boring and vanilla with the premise. 
Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like I think it could have been a little bit better. I think it suffices for what it needs to be on Netflix. I don't know what you thought about your girl getting another role over here. I think this would be even bigger for our YouTube rising stars in uh, Koshi. Yeah, Eliza Koshi. herself again, which I, I want to see her break out of that. And there's elements in the plays where you can kind of see it, but she's still yeah. playing Liza Koshi. Yeah, and it, it honestly feels very derivative of like Aquafina style humor too. I, I don't know. It's It just doesn't really like – it doesn't jive with the rest of the movie as much. Like there's a I, moment it, where yeah. they, they ask her to kind of like be a distraction and it's unlike anything else that happens in the movie. But they needed to like kind of spotlight her. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm forgetting what the other guy's name is, but I okay, it's not this dude. But the other friend that they have in the back, the tiny one, he was in. Uh, oh, this is the guy from Lucifer, bro. It took me forever to realize why does he look like <laughs> Satan. Um, there's no way. Is it Joe Courtney? Oh, bro, I kept reading it like Jai Courtney. This dude, Joe Courtney, he was yeah. in the kissing booth. So it's almost like, all right, um, Netflix, you got another one for me? Cool, we'll put <laughs> yeah. you in here. They don't feel like Netflix friends. opened they feel up like the Rolodex. We've seen Netflix do that before. They will yeah. start. I mean, they do it with the reality shows. Let's combine them all. And now we got a new reality show. All right, let's combine a bunch of people. Now we got a new original series of some sort. And yeah, it's kind of what it feels like. They need a new rom-com right in time for Valentine's Day. They got one. It's fine for what it is. Uh, do you like the sports metaphors in there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another thing. It, it was like classic. Um, this person knows what she's talking about because she's going to reference an obscure sports thing, but it, it never actually feels like they know what they're talking about. Like yeah. I don't for a second think that Gina Rodriguez can tell you about Bobby Hull. Maybe if she read the script earlier. Uh, another one that did come out was Five Blind Dates. This is more dealing on the culture of uh, like Asian tea and more so like how much this American girl knows of her traditions and her language and what she's trying to keep. And in particular, while her sister's getting married, everyone kind of is hoping that she will get a partner, but she's really focused on her tea shop. They hire a fortune teller for her sister who's getting married. But in doing so, she tells her in Five Blind Dates, that fifth one's going to be your love. So all of her family starts getting dates for her and it goes on this crazy adventure of like what did her who did her mom get her? Does it turn out that the guy that her mom got her doesn't really like the daughter? He likes the mom. The dad's picking somebody, the friend's picking somebody. You know, there's some cute elements in there where she's got like the gay best friend who knows she needs to get to five, so he's willing to be the fourth. They show you that already in the trailer. So this is just one of those um again, Prime's version of what their Valentine's Day movie was going to be that I thought was pretty cute, uh, especially with her running her shop. I don't think it's even better than players, but if you needed an alternative pick, here you go with five blind dates over on Prime. All right. Those are your two Valentine's Day's picks if you were at home. But like we said, if you love the person you're with, take them out to see a really good movie. And that would be this one over here in the taste of things. So those would be the movies that we have for this week that we would highly recommend. Wrapping it up with one more, which I was not expecting. I'm going to wrap it with a good pick which is my final pick of the movies that I wanted to cover, which is Welcome Home, Franklin. And I was hoping that part of this would be that this was the last movie Zach saw and I wouldn't have to talk about the other one. But Zach did me dirty and he skipped Franklin for this, I don't even want to know what this other thing would be. Now, Franklin isn't even a movie. This thing is 40 minutes long. It's almost too long to be a short, too short to be a movie. But I'm recommending it because it is Apple TV's rendition of the story of Franklin, the Snoopy character, who you said you you really like. I think you're a bigger Snoopy fan than I am. I kind of just yeah. know the iconography of them. I love the animation here. Zach, I highly recommend you checking this out because it's about how Franklin got there. Turns out Franklin's always been on the move. And his biggest thing and why it's titled Welcome Home, Franklin, is that he's just trying to find a place to fit in. And in Snoopy World, you got 
you got like the biggest cast of characters that are completely opposite to all of the places that he's visited. But I think it was a really good take on the world. I like the Snoopy world. It's very vibrant. It's very comfortable. And the shadow work that they do here for the animation. And I'm even t- the sound design for 40 minutes of a Snoopy product. Very, very good. Zach said, I'm not going to catch this one. I'm going to catch <laughs> This Is Me Now, a love story. It took me day by day to figure out what this was, how convoluted this visual project that needed to be released as a movie mm-hmm. on Prime. It had a Dunkin' Donuts thing, but hold on, there's going to be a, an adjacent soundtrack to it. This visual elemental experience, it's Lemonade. Yeah. It's, You're it's... just releasing all the music videos at the same time. With like... A little bit of narrative thrown in there. Just a, just a, a peppering of narrative thrown in there. It's a wheel. You're just selling me the wheel again. You're yeah. not reinventing a single thing. No. And damn, is that the most annoying part of this thing? Just have it be an album. Mm-hmm. So starting off with the album, you heard the lo- the lowest <laughs> debut, not just for Jennifer Lopez, but for a top 40 pop star. Yikes. That I did not made. hear that. I mean, so she's using she the excuse was, that it's supposed to be a movie. Right. She was saying this is going to be like her last album for a little bit, wasn't she? So, look, Jennifer Lopez had an album in the past called This Is Me Now. I don't know if you heard mm-hmm. about that one. This Is Me. Oh, sorry. This Is Me Then. Mm. This is what it was. I don't know if you remember it. I, I know you have the whole collection behind you yeah. somewhere. But it was I this specific collections album. over there. So. Yeah, it was this specific album cover. Uh, and I guess this is her flip on This Was Me Then. And now it's This Is Me Now. I mean, this is her now. <laughs> that, 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 that's it. I, I have nothing else to put to it. Okay, let's talk about this movie, Zach. You saw it with yeah. me. Um, What? Is it? <laughs> this is um, me confused. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a little bit like her attempt to do Cloud Atlas. But, like, it's also this weird, like meta commentary on her career and not really even her career so much as her like tabloid career right her, because her it's life. all yeah it's all these people commenting on her love life whether it is her friend group or her like zodiac signs for some the reason console of by up in the sky post malone and kim petrus keep going it's some of the weirdest names don't forget the one who gets told to shut up where is he Neil deGrasse Tyson Grass for Tyson, some reason. Yeah, like I don't even know where he is on this cast. Like it, it feels no like sense. It just, it just feels like a list of the most famous people who've asked Jennifer Lopez for concert tickets or something. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't really understand why we've arrived at this collection people of people. Yeah, if I have uh, what's her name, who'd she slap in um in Monster in Law? Jane Fonda. If I have yeah. Jane Fonda there, will, will, will people like me? Like if they're talking about it, will it be okay? <laughs> she wrote a script where. Her friends are telling her that she's doing all this messed up stuff. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> Let me put that on the big screen. <laughs> like John Mulaney said, hey, this is a stand-up special about how I got into therapy because my friends told me I needed to. And mm-hmm. I've grown from there. Imagine not growing and doing the stand-up special. This is her right. going, I'm going to keep doing what no, I've been doing. Exactly. Like, it's a little bit like, it's. It, I guess there's like an element of vulnerability in her like airing her criticism like this, but it's not vulnerable at all because she's just like refuting it and making them look like they're petty or or something because of it. Like it, it's so like it's they didn't so understand weird. that she needs to teach them. Yeah, 
it's so weird and narcissistic. And I get if you're like maybe a huge Jennifer Lopez fan and you're invested in her her life and career, that's kind of like, this might be a cool moment to like, you know, see her reflecting on it or whatever. But it just, it just feels kind of like this weird delusional practice in like exercising your demons. 100%. You're trying to say some humbleness or what there could possibly be to get into a story. Ain't nobody wearing this heart dress to a wedding. <laughs> I don't and know. You maybe can those phrases. I got his matching ones for South by. Don't you worry. Oh, great. I am so confused with what she was doing here. There's steampunk energy. They don't really connect. Again, that Cloud Atlas thing is like the most confusing way to kind of make sense of it because yeah. she is like different versions of herself. She's trying to explain when you're this big, you're practically a multiverse of yourself. <laughs> it's on Prime. All she tried to do was a lemonade type album. And yeah. that one was way better. Go check out that. I'm really confused by what this is, but like, hey, she's still fit. I guess that's her big thing to show you how she can still dance. She's still that Jenny from the block. She's 50 something. Is that something. the nicest she thing you can not... say about it? And you know I'll say nice things if I could, Zach. Yeah. You know me. That is the nicest thing. It took me three days to get yeah. through this thing, and it's only an hour long. I'll say um, I think the rebound sequence was was cool. The way she was shot was kind of cool. But most of it was not. It, There's it this looks... one in this factory where the, I thought it was the factory? Apple. I thought it was the Apple commercial where they threw the hammer to stop the apocalypse. Do you remember that 1984 yeah. commercial? The the green screen technology looks about that old too. Yeah, someone said Spy Kids in the chat. 100. percent No, this yeah. is this is something that is out there. Uh, this is me <laughs> now, out on Prime. I hope they but, put that on the poster. This is something that's out this there. This is something that's out there, yeah. But that is the movies of this week. It's time Ooh. to break down the biggest part of the show, which is giving a big thank you to all of the InterCutie patrons who support us every week or every month, technically, here on the Intercut Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, thanks to those wonderful Intercut patrons uh, who continue to support the show over at patreon.com slash intercut This is love. The Academy tier. Now. They are Tushar, Cademan, Connor, Josh, May, Ricky, Joe, Wiley, and Benji. And then the producer-level patrons are, of course, Yudin Veer and Tune. A huge shout-out to all hey. of you. And a reminder to anybody listening or watching this episode that you two anybody. can become a member Become part of the Inner Cutie Plus team over on patreon.com slash intercutpod where you can sign up for cool benefits and uh, behind-the-scenes access such as a look at our episode outlines before we uh, record, a uh, look ahead to what we do on the show, private channels on the Intercut Discord where you can chat with us throughout the week, and an invitation to our monthly Google Hangout, the next one of which is happening next week before we get in, uh, lost in the South by Southwest sauce. So head over to patreon.com slash intercutpod where you can sign up to be a me member or join for free and Ooh. find out things about the podcast before we talk about them. Before because we even know it. 
yeah, we, we post about our upcoming plans, what we're recording that week. Uh, we post about when certain brackets are going to go live and stuff like that. So if you just want to be in the know on Intercut, the best place to do that is intercut dot, or sorry, patreon.com slash intercutpod. Beautiful. Now we get to the coming attractions, everything that's coming out in theaters, on demand, virtual, all of that good stuff. It's a pretty big week. Uh, I want to say this is the start of 2023. Or twenty twenty four. We're out uh, of the dumpuary so February hey, malaise. And, and even then, we had some pretty big movies. Maybe not the best. They tried to be original. They tried mm-hmm. to be something. So now I'm ready for the year to really start. The first yeah. one that we got is the second Cohen brother making their debut. We were able to see the very serious one in Tragedy of Macbeth. Are you over under on Ethan Cohen being the one to deliver the better solo project? I want to say that i am i'm positive i am like over over, for, over on it i think i'm gonna say too i like joel and i i like uh the tragedy tragedy of Macbeth, but i really love the looseness of some of those coen brothers movies and, and, and the it's him right yeah, and it seems it kind of seems like it's really the two sides, the left brain and right brain of their movies that Joel goes off and makes the self-serious black and white Shakespearean no country movie. For old men, yeah. And then Ethan goes off and Hot makes the party. road trip lesbian comedy that looks like a wild good time. Uh I, I don't But know, together I'm, they make a serious man. Fargo. Yeah. I'm gonna miss that. That's them at their peak powers. And if some rumors Ooh. are to be believed, they might be going back to make a horror movie together. I would love to see that. Um Whoa. but in the meantime, I feel like I'm just gonna have a really good time with Drive Away Dolls. Yeah. I think the cast looks fantastic. Margaret Polly has been on the up and up, has not delivered a bad performance. Geraldine has been on the up and up. I think she's the funniest one in this cast, easily. And then just everyone else who who wraps it up, it, it's massive. I don't even want to get yeah. into spoilers. I keep getting spoiled about a character who likes to appear in Nolan movies. Uh, and, and I feel like yeah, I have I mean, yet to see a picture of him. He's in the trailer. Okay, then I must sleep, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm excited yeah. for it either way. I he got does great booked. cameos in Coen Brothers movies as well, so... Or true smaller performances, and, yeah. And and Coen Brothers written movies, I guess, too. Yes, yes, there we go. <laughs> Directed by a friend that he should probably not have <laughs> directing him. Uh, but that is Drive Away Dolls, the first one, and probably the biggest pick that we will be having for this week. The next one is Ordinary Angels. I, I don't hear them doing a campaign for this one, but I'm under the impression this is still one of those Christian movies that's a little bit more mainstream, not so much like your Lakewood or your, you know, like the, the fireproofs that are out there, but one of those that stars Hilary Swank. It stars one of the bigger actors right now, in my opinion, who's been doing movies. He's Reacher. Um, and it's got that like faith-based element to it that I think is based on a true story. So I see this getting uh, a pretty big spot in the top five for next week. Io Capitano, as we mentioned, is getting a little bit of a bigger rollout. We have links for it, so we'll be giving our coverage next week. This is Italian's pick. Uh, Italian. Italy's pick, but technically <laughs> it's not in Italian. It is, if I pull it up over here. The primary language is Wolof. So I'm very yeah, fascinated with this because it I think is, it's supposed it's to be like an immigrant story, right? Exactly, yeah. Immigrants from Senegal, I believe. Uh, and So um, I'm assuming that's the, the native language in Senegal. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious yeah. to check this one out since we... we We've been are, waiting for this one, dude. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm glad yeah. we got a link for it. We'll bring you coverage next week to let you know. Uh, and then some other big ones over on streaming. Netflix got a very interesting pair in Code 8 Part 2. Uh, I, I liked Code 8 Part 1. I thought it was fun for what it was and it's cool to see that they got a lot of push from netflix because it was an original movie netflix helped push it and then code 8 part 2 is now a netflix original movie so i like that 
but they should be cutting the funding for Mia Koopa. I don't know what is going on here. I have yet to even see a trailer for this. It is a new Tyler Perry, and we are making an event in this household. I have heard that off the trailer alone, a still, he has surpassed the worst wig. And and oh, we no. like laughing at his wigs here yeah. <laughs> in the Zarita household. So I am very excited for Mia Koopa. It is bound to be the funniest movie of this past week. But if you wanted something more serious, Netflix is building up their live stream game and releasing, or I should say, showcasing the 30th annual Screen Actors Guild Awards. Those are the SAG Awards. This is pretty big, Zach. I think you can break down a little bit more into what this kind of means for the Oscars and how people use that um, Mm -hmm. as like a really big key to who's going to win. But many times these awards don't get streamed. I think all of these should be available on YouTube, but I appreciate that Netflix will at least be hosting it and then keeping it there so that people can tune in because they they tend to give some of the best speeches because these are the actors awarding the actors. Yeah, it's a smart play on Netflix's behalf, making this the award show that they they use to get into the whole award show game. Obviously, they they don't scream the Oscars, they don't scream the Golden Globes, but now they have the Screen Actors Guild Awards, and it's the one where everybody who wins an award is probably going to be a celebrity, right? Because these are actors. It's not writers we haven't heard of or costume designers that nobody knows their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they're going to get a lot of speeches from uh, actors and a lot of uh, people talking about acting. You know, the Screen Actors Guild has done this thing at at some previous award shows where they do the montage of people talking about why they wanted to become an actor, which is something that usually goes viral. And uh, it's also just an interesting opportunity to see what an award show will look like on a platform where commercial breaks aren't really a big part of why they do what they do, although that is something that is coming to Netflix. And, and, you know, they won't have to necessarily play people off stage before the speeches are done or worry about worrying about keeping the show under three hours as Mm. the Oscars are always worried about. So, But if Netflix brings in the ads, is this a clever way to introduce them in the live shows? And thus you're getting used to opening up the app and seeing them? Damn. Maybe. And I I wonder what they're going to do in situations where... You know, there are people who are paying for an ad list here. Are they going to be subjected to the ads as well at a live event? Yeah. Well, yeah, I play for Peacock in that way. But when I watch the Super Bowl, guess what I'm sitting with or any sports event? Uh, You had mentioned the the cool thing they do for the SAGs. I had just learned the director's one. That's a really cool way to do it. Mm -hmm. I learned that their process is they get every nominee to damn near give a speech. And they, they pretty much thank everybody. Yeah. I don't know where they stream that one. Again, like I'm saying, a lot of these just get lost unless you have a critic in there or someone filming it. But that's a really cool approach. And what the SAGs do will be really interesting to watch. Did they have the meme? Were they had the cringy moment with Hassan? Was that the SAG? Oh, I thought that was the Indie Spirits, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, when's Indie? Is it the week Those before? Those are usually the day before the Oscars. Day before. Okay. Yeah. So we were on the road to it. A lot of big ones on the horizon. It's cool to see Netflix pick it up. While Netflix also has Avatar The Last Airbender. Over under, Zach. I'm going to keep it simple. The over under, am I going to watch two and a half episodes? <laughs> I was just going to say if it's good, but yeah. What, what's the percentage that you think you'll get done? Way under, way, way under. Oh, um, no. I don't know. Like, no. I mean, look, I haven't seen the original series, which I've heard is amazing. And it's, yeah. it's actually been on my list for a long time. I own it. Um, it's wrapped. Yeah, I'm going to watch that one before I touch this one, I feel like, right? Damn. Uh, Look, I thought that last one that they did uh, was One Piece last year. Yeah. They survived off that. Yeah. So maybe. And people like that one. Maybe. Uh, But I have no faith for this one. Instead, I'm going to recommend that if you are a big Netflix subscriber or maybe, you know, you tried to log in and they wouldn't let you in anymore. 
It's okay. Their mm-hmm. Oscar-nominated movie, Nimona, is completely out on YouTube. And that was the coolest news, excuse me, I heard from Netflix all week. That's what I'm talking about. Release it for the public. Full 4K. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Because that is one of my surprise picks. Uh, if one were to win <laughs> and upset some of the uh, the the what is it front runners for the animated uh, category, I would highly put my money on Nimona. So I thought that was really cool that they released it. And that to me would be my pick of the week coming out of Netflix. But to get my real picks of the week, I'm gonna begin with a double feature. This week in theaters, I finally have the chance Let's to go. go see Tenet. Bro, like it sneaks up on me sometimes and then I remember, no, I, I I do a movie podcast where the biggest freaking thing is to go see movies for a living in the best possible way. And when this movie released, my IMAX theater still existed. Rest in mm. peace, Navy Pier. Since 2020, I haven't had the chance to see this movie in theaters, much less IMAX. My 4K is beautiful. But I'm traveling for this double feature Sunday that's on the horizon. They are re-releasing Tenet in 70 millimeter full IMAX. For those who don't know, movies get released like this widescreen. There's those IMAX theaters. But then there's eight theaters in all of the United States that will play it in a ratio that they can't even release at home. I'm hyping this up because I am so excited for this. I'm doing a double feature with Tenet. And then they're playing Doom Part 2 early. Zach said he's got his tickets. I told y'all last week, if you didn't know, now you know even more. 25th is going to have early screenings in 70 mm-hmm. millimeter IMAX. And I think even in general, there might be some Dolby regular yeah. IMAX screenings. You get to see it a whole week early. See it a whole week early. We're going to have a review ready for next week. I got the chance to see it and I'm still embargoed. But Zach? It's... It hits? It's here, baby. You lost in the sand? I don't know what he... Dude, the score played in one scene. I thought it, you know, like, I thought I heard a sound that I've never heard before. <laughs> I thought I was seeing colors I had never seen. Your boy, Austin? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm yes, really sir. pumped for it. I'm really pumped it's for good. it. The buzz on it is pretty much universally that this one is better than the last one. So I, I'm I don't know if it's a spoiler quite, for me to say, but I, I, I'm enjoying both. And a double feature would be too long, but damn, would it be yeah. crazy? Yeah. Um, I already got my tickets that first night when we land, bro. So you better get them for Austin. We're gonna talk about this afterwards, but I already plan on watching this movie three different ways. We do. We do in the seventh. Is that we we gotta talk about it. I, Let's I go. Don't, I, we gotta talk about it. I'm ready. I am. <laughs> I am in dude mode fully. The theater okay. wasn't open when it. we went to our screening today. If not, I would have bought. The dude in popcorn bucket. I would have been here with him, bro. But they were completely closed. Ah, uh, ah, uh, okay. They well, saw me coming. They would have opened, the repeat, but they saw I was right? gonna. They saw I was gonna be the sicko, and they're like, yeah, "Absolutely not. We're not selling this." <laughs> uh, I am fully in. This is my first pick. The double feature. If you can go see both of these movies in IMAX, they're gonna be fantastic. Dune Part Two and Tenet. Uh, yeah, dude. Two IMAX. Double features is going to be everything that I want. And it's like right here. I've been waiting for this so long. So uh, that is my biggest pick for the week. In second place, I'm going to shout out the New England Patriots series. I don't know if you heard about this. But yeah. they were releasing something on Apple TV Plus that dealt with the dynasty that was Tom Brady and the uh, New England Patriots. And they're releasing it weekly. Apple TV Plus saw Michael Jordan and what he was doing over there. And they took it personally. Yep. They're trying to do their last dance here. And so far, it's not 10 out of 10. But it's pretty good, Zach. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts mm-hmm. on it if you've caught any episodes. Um, yeah. But they got like, I haven't yet. two out. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I haven't caught it yet. Our buddy Merjani uh, keyed me onto it and says it's really good. So I'm definitely going to try and catch up with that one. 
for sure. So I'm putting it as my second pick of the week. And then this other one is just so obvious. It was a taste of things that we had brought up earlier because, damn, two months into the new year and I'm still finding favorites from last year, Zach. <laughs> what you got? Taste of things. It's it's incredible. It's one of the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, I more and more, I regret not even having it in my top 10 of last year because it, it is one of the really, really oh, special movies. Get. You know what? Maybe I'll put it in my top 10 of this year since it's only really we coming out about, in yeah, 2024. Yeah, we're talking about perfect days and taste of things. Right. I, I think I got taste higher for sure. For sure. There we go. Yeah, it, sure. it's, I do too, for good? sure. It's really incredible. All right, what else you got? All right, so um, I will second your recommendation of taste of things just before we move off of it. Uh, But the movie I'm most excited to see this weekend is probably going to be driveway dolls. I I have, you know, I've been doing some Cohen's rewatching because we are working on our Cohen's bracket and they have just this really particular goofy sense of humor and way with dialogue that just really, really clicks with me. And I'm just anticipating to, to be transported back to that, uh, to some of my favorite films, to the tone that really, really jives with me and, and gets me giggling. I'm going to really enjoy Driveway Dolls. I, I just, I can tell already. So I'm very hyped on that one. Um, part of the reason I'm I'm hyped is my, are my next two selections because we are going to be filming a video on No Country for Old Men and Fargo, the two Coen Brothers Best Picture nominees uh, and man, if those aren't like stone cold five star classics, I'm not sure what is. These are just immaculate, serious man, put together movies. They are the best. What was best. that? Yeah, I said a serious man is. I mean, look, they can have more than two five star classics. You uh, look but... at that and you go like, oh, it's this one, it's this one, it's this one, and you find yourself naming four Cohen movies before the Big Lebowski. It's and you so go, hard. Wait, 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 what? It's so hard we to pick a best We did the bracket with the inner cuties, and it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's so hard to pick the best one, and even the ones that aren't the best ones are so are lovable ones? for many ways. I, I just love their filmography, but uh, to me, No Country for Old Men and Fargo are two of the ones that really are like undeniably A tier, S tier, whatever you want to say. They are the, sure. the top tier of what the Coens are capable of. So uh, No Country for Old Men is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Fargo is streaming on Max. So if you've got either of those services, you can watch one of the great Coen Brothers movies. Um, and they stream are, well, which I'm proud of. Sometimes yeah. they, they're trash. Uh, and if you are on Netflix, I got a recommendation because I didn't realize there is Tell a me, brand dude, new season this? of Sunderland Till I Die. All you Wrexham fans out there, welcome to Wrexham fans out there. You got to put some respect on the OG. I think that uh, that show, that documentary show with Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney would not exist if it wasn't for Sunderland Till I Die, the original of these docu, uh, these soccer docu series documenting the struggle of the lower divisions in English soccer and the beauty of these towns that revolve around these uh, these clubs that either that sometimes go up and sometimes go down in the tiered system of English soccer. It's just really interesting because the, you know, unlike a lot of the shows we see, like the backup plan uh, with the Patriots or the last dance with the Chicago Bulls, or even some of the soccer shows that are out right now that follow teams like Juventus or Real Madrid, 
you know, the, this is looking at the lower divisions and the the sort of like semi-professional nature of a lot of them, the scrappiness around a lot of them, and the way that they just have this like deep roots within the community. Uh, Sunderland is a club that has had a kind of like tumultuous past couple of seasons where they've gone up some levels and then gone down seven levels. They've struggled for financial solvency. They've uh, exchange, exchange, changed hands of ownership a couple of times. So it, it's a club that's sort of like constantly on the brink, but they they put together these really like heartfelt documentaries about like the the desire and the passion that goes into running these teams and being part of these teams or supporting these teams I don't know, man. Whenever I see the success of Welcome to Wrexham, I feel like they're just eating the leftovers that Sunderland Till I Die left them. Uh, and they they haven't put out a new season since I think it was 2020, maybe. Tw- yeah, it was in 2020. So I thought this show was long gone, but three new episodes just popped up on Netflix. So I'm eager to get into them. Sick. I had seen that. I saw it was like a a, a soccer show. So I was like, yeah. yeah, seems people really like it. Yeah, uh, it's got really good reviews. So shout out them. You like that whole soccer system that they could just kick out a team? I mean, I I don't want them to bring it to the U.S. as much as many people I, do. I, I, because I hear it, I'm like, that sounds fascinating. But it, as a Cubs fan, I cannot imagine the yeah. friendly kind finds empty. There's a lot of pluses to it and a lot of minuses to it. And in the current spectrum of sports business, it's really perilous that for a lot of clubs. Sports business and politics and who's getting yeah. funded in what way seems like a mess. But like when you look at the history of these leagues, there's so much like there's such a romantic quality to promotion to and relegation. Be, yeah. So um, it, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. All right. Well, there you go. This one is out on Netflix. As Zach said, finish your Wrexham first and then come in here and catch these. Uh, To run it back, I am highly recommending uh, a day at the IMAX theaters, especially on this Sunday, the day of our Lord, where we're going to have Tenet reissued in IMAX. You should be watching that at full glory. Dune Part 2, I think you can watch whenever, but I promise you that it will just hit different in true IMAX. You can seek that out on the IMAX website as well. Uh, And then my other two picks would be to stay at home and watch the real football. In the back of <laughs> the, the dynasty, I should say, that's playing over at Apple TV Plus, or go out to the theater with your loved one and watch one of the best yeah. movies of the year this year, last year, whatever you want to call it. It'll be the best movie you see that day, I promise you. The taste of things, definitely. Uh, my picks for this week are Drive Away Dolls, the new Ethan Cohen solo road trip comedy with an excellent cast. Uh, if you don't want to watch one Cohen brother, you can watch. Multiple Coen brothers make movies with No Country for Old Men streaming on Paramount Plus or Fargo streaming on Max. But if you're looking for a really winning soccer docuseries, uh, it's not Welcome to Wrexham. It's Sunderland Till I Die with three new episodes up on Netflix. If you say, man, uh, that yeah. is all for this week's show. But we had one final question. Zach. Yeah. <laughs> why are they making four Beatles movies? Yeah. Uh, is it Peter Jackson? Got announced as doing a He a needs to let movie. these guys... Hey, he needs to <laughs> let it be. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, man. Um, he just did the doc. Like, Yeah, he seems like to be dedicating this section of his career to like reanimating the corpse of that band, even though two of the members are still yeah. uh, around and kicking. Right. Uh, He's still kind of yeah. doing it to them. Too. <laughs> so yeah, four different movies, each one from a different... Uh, the perspective of a different member of the Beatles starting in him. 2027. Yeah, uh, he's going to be making all of them. 
I don't know, man. Uh, I think when I was younger, the idea that like any movie can be interconnected and like, oh, you know, maybe somebody would be like a minor character in this other movie. Like was, I thought it sounded really cool and it real appeal, really appealed to me. And the more movies I watched, I just want you to make one good movie, man. Can you make one good movie and then we'll <laughs> I worry want the about. character. To, yeah. 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 I, I, I'm intrigued. They, it reminds me of that Eleanor Rigby thing we've been talking about a bit. Now and then, that dude's got a movie at South by. That's yeah. an interesting take on it. Yeah, that was not successful, right. but it was an experiment. It also this got seems chopped up thanks to Harvey Weinstein. But like, that, that, oh, that another thing to bring up. But I'm going to say, how is this man making four movies in theaters? Apparently, and on the horizon we have Horizon. The is two he parter. No, we have the two-parter from, what's his name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are just dealing, like you're saying, you're already tired of it, and now we're finally getting this new realm of, like, all these Marvel movies suck. Okay, now should we just do what we complained about the Marvel movies in exactly. a Western that's split into two parts? Technically the horror thing, uh, if it wasn't for COVID, Netflix mm-hmm. would have released the Fear Streets. Right. Now we have four Beatle movies, which is going to be the one to absolutely tank. How many multiverse movies before we got multiversed out? Well, I mean, who is going to see the Ringo movie, right? Like, that's... <laughs> I like the meme, bro. The, the Ringo movie theater tickets were out the door. That is weird. I will say that. It reminds me of the Stranger Things kids. Now that they've all split up, we have all clearly seen who made it. Right, right. And we're all supposed to be nice about it and be like, some of y'all tanked, bro. Some of y'all tanked. <laughs> and are you going to do that to the Beatles? That's so mean. Yeah, I, I don't... It's it's just very strange. It just feels kind of wrong, and Rights? I don't know. It, Music clearances. I have too many yeah. questions. Well, that's but that's the one thing that I saw that intrigued me. Somebody speculated that this enough. is like a way of making it easier to figure out how to divide the royalties and licenses between estates. But I don't know if that's really the primary concern here. As I want there to be a twist in the Ringo one. Exploiting Beatles IP for all that you can wring out of it. We'll see. Interesting question to have at the end because I had seen that pop out today. I'm intrigued. I'm not going to say I'm for it, yeah. but I am intrigued for what it was. His last documentary for the Beatles was pretty good. So yeah. I can't deny look, that. So we'll see that. And, and Peter Jackson isn't some hack filmmaker, right? Like okay, he, but what's his last narrative? I mean, I didn't like the Hobbit movies either, but or was exactly. there something between? No, it's the Hobbit movie because he did two documentaries. He did the one mm-hmm. you were talking about bringing people back from the dead. He did right. that for the World War II one. Yeah, you're right. Which was interesting. That, that, was, that was fascinating. I don't know what he was doing that was crazy. But that's the thing. Um, he he so is intrigued. a good filmmaker. Not every movie yeah. is great, obviously. But like, I, I'd like to think that he, he's got some interesting reason to want to do this beyond just like, the Beatles were cool, weren't they? <laughs> He really didn't like how yesterday did, so he's, he's there to fix it. But uh, yeah, no uh, new original projects from him until the 2030s, so at least there is that. But that is officially everything for this week's show. I am Arturo, and you can find me over at LME Movies on Twitter, on Letterboxd, on YouTube.com. Zach, where can people find more from you? Uh, you can find more from me at Zshevich across social media, or you can find my videos over at Multiplex Show on YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram. 
A reminder that you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcatcher is. You can catch the live video here on YouTube.com every week where we talk about all of our favorite movies that have come out on the weekend must-watch. A big shout-out to all the intercuties who listen live, all of the patrons, all the iTunes listeners giving us that five-star review. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's been subscribed to the Clips channel over there where we put some of the smaller things that we don't fully talk about, uh, just in spurts, and then our bigger reviews that have been here. Those of you who've been listening to the live stream, we have videos on the Coen Brothers coming out. We got a bracket we just did with the Intracuties over on Patreon. We've got some South By coverage on the horizon. We've got so much good stuff in the works before we even wrap up the stuff for the Oscars, which is really just three weeks away. I was looking yeah. at the, that day. It's, uh, it's a pretty packed day, just so you know, at South By. But we yeah. got something at 7, so we're going to have to we're make busy. it work in some way. Yeah. But uh, before we get to all that good stuff, uh, again, a big shout out to all of you for listening. Thank you for joining us on this podcast today. Uh, don't forget to leave us a comment, drop a like, follow the socials over at Intercut Pod. And until next time, keep watching movies. Don't get stuck in that bucket.